Hi, welcome back. I'm Julie. That was my chair creaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lisa, leaning forward, and uh, we're joined by our friend Karen today in studio. Aha, this is a podcast takeover. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually three sober chicks That's right. coming to you live a from little, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. A sober threesome. Um, <laughs> three-way alert, three-way alert. Julie loves saying the word, the three-way alert. Um, okay, so we are going to, we've done some listener topics. We've done some listener emails. We're going to dig into our old jar of topics and our see what we got topic jar. in there. Um, please, by all means, if you want to send us an email with some topic suggestions, you can identify yourself or not. Maybe it's a personal question that relates to your life and you just are looking for some uh, advice or guidance. Please send us a, a message or um, just a topic suggestion at the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. Today's topic is? Well, we also have an amazing Instagram page. I don't know who does these designs, but they're fucking beautiful. <laughs> and it's two sober chicks. Uh, and we also have <laughs> We also have Twitter right. at two sober chicks. So any platform, we're on Facebook, two sober chicks, any platform that you are comfortable with and you want to reach out, we are always checking comments. We are trying to be on all the social media platforms, and it's just the two of us, so it's not always that great. Although I must say, you do do an amazing job on Instagram. Like, she blew me out of the Facebook category. Well, I'm not waters. a Facebook lover, so I let Lisa handle Facebook and Twitter, and yeah. I do Instagram. And I'm not that good at it, but you were amazing at Instagram. And you know what? Maybe we should create a little Marco Polo account and see if anyone adds us. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know if they can do that. Interesting. I guess they'd have to have our phone numbers. Well, and then we'd have to see their face. So we'll just pretend we never said that. Okay. <laughs> okay, question time. Delete, 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 delete. Go. Oh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this. <laughs> so we've done 43 podcasts We've done itch, more than that. 50. And now we look at, I, when I look at these questions, I'm like, did we talk about that? Uh, this one says deal breakers. Have oh. we talked about deal breakers? I don't think we have. Okay. Karen, do you have any deal breakers in your sobriety? Places you won't go, people you won't talk to, things you won't do. Um, um, <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, uh, pass. <laughs> I have to think. All okay. Right. okay. Lisa? Deal breakers. Um, they've changed over time. When I was new in recovery and newly sober, uh, I could not. I absolutely could not go into a bar. It was just too much for me. I hadn't had a spiritual awakening yet. So therefore, I did not have that neutrality to be around alcohol. Because at first, when I was in early recovery, I still wanted to drink. I actually came to AA thinking you people were going to teach me how to drink, mm -hmm. not fucking never drink again. So yeah, that wasn't a possibility to me because it brought up all these feelings like anger, <laughs> resentment, bitterness, self-pity. And, uh, and next thing you know, I'd be wanting to drink. So really something that I could not absolutely do. But now um, I follow those um, sort of AA guidelines of, do I have any good business being there? If it is, um, let's say my in-laws were celebrating a, a wedding anniversary and they had it at a, a pub. Of course, I'm going to go to their 40th wedding anniversary. I'm not going to skip that just because it's in a pub. Um, I don't have to drink when I'm there. And also the great thing about things being at places like that is I can choose to leave whenever I want. Um, another deal breaker for me was in relationships. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. I did not want to live with someone who drank. Mm -hmm. And it um, doesn't mean that um, 
you could not have a problem with it, but I just didn't want it in my home. I just don't want it around me anymore. And uh, you can drink. I can be around people who drink, but I don't want it in my home. That's just a personal choice for me. Um, but I can be around it because I do feel that because of a spiritual awakening, awakening, I've been placed in a position of neutrality. So those are some deal breakers that I can think of off the top of my head. You know, it's funny when you're talking, Lisa, I thought about a conversation I had with my dad. So I was 22 when I sobered up and I remember saying to him, um, you know, first of all, I was lesbian back in the 80s. We weren't a lot of people that were out or doing coming out parties. And, he, and I said to him, not only, you know, I'm going to date women, but I said, you know, I want I wanted to be a sober woman, a woman in AA. And he looked at me and he says, well, good luck with that. You and whoever that other one person is. Wow. <laughs> you know? So so he said, you might want to think a little broader than that in order to meet because I've made it such a small pool. But mm. actually, it was really important at first. I mean, like you, deal breakers were. Couldn't go to bars. I didn't want alcohol in my home. Didn't want my partner to drink. In fact, I wanted them in the program. Um, and as the years went by and a spiritual awakening happened, those things kind of changed. Um, and now it's like, I have had party. You can bring alcohol, take it with you. I don't yeah. want it in my home. But the truth of the matter is, is the people that are in my life, they don't bring it. They, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're respectful around it. They don't, they don't, they're not problem drinkers, that type of stuff. So, um, when I think about deal breakers, when you asked a question, I was thinking more of the relationship between a sponsee and a sponsor. Okay. That's what that's what came up for me. Love it. Know? I want to hear it. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, that's why I was like, uh, uh, is it five meetings, three meetings? Like trying to figure out what it is that I would expect from a sponsee and what my sponsor kind of expects from me. Amazing. And so they're the deal breakers. Um, but yes, early sobriety too. We have to set limits for ourselves because, you know, um, there's a lot of temptation and we don't know how to live soberly yet. yet. Right. You know, so um, for me, for example, going to program... Uh, means you have to be an active participant. Sorry, I can see you looking at the little line. An yeah. active participant in AA. You need to do service. Um, you know, you need to show up. You need to do the things that are really uncomfortable. You know, sponsees for me, and, and I was taught this way. I stopped fidgeting, Karen. Um, <laughs> I was taught you have to go to the uncomfortable places. That's the only way you're going to change things. So you can't bulk from it. You have to do it whether you want to or not. Just freaking do it. And that's what I expect from a sponsees. And when, you know, they don't and bulk from it, I mean, I'm quite okay to sit back and watch somebody kind of, you know, nail their foot to a floor and run around in a circle. But I get a little, you know, I think it's page 102, 183. I don't know the big book well enough to quote the page where it says you have to know when to let go. Right. You know, and put your energy into somebody that can more use, use it. Because, you know, my, I was talking to my sponsor about this today. It is a life and death thing. And that's what it reminds us. Sometimes you have to let somebody go because somebody over there is dying and can right. use your help right now. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way by working with people and um, spinning my wheels and feeling very frustrated. And I, again, turned to my sponsor. Um, I remember once I had a, a drunk call. Somebody called me and they were wasted. And in my head, I was a new sponsor. Um, and I thought it was my job to save this person mm. and to help them. And so I started thinking, I even asked, do you want me to come over? Do you have booze in the house? Wow. Uh, I'll come over. I will throw the booze down the sink for you. Uh, well, you know, I'll sit with you until you sober up. Wow. That, but she didn't want that. She yeah. was drunk. She wasn't making any sense. And she just wanted to blabber up to somebody about the, the reason why she got drunk was something had happened in her life and she was upset. 
And I was on that phone for about 55 minutes. And then she got another phone call. On her, like, see ya. On her other phone. <laughs> no. She said, I got to answer my other phone. She put me down. I'm the, on the house line, I guess. And I hear her answer her cell phone. And she begins the diatribe and the story all over again to mm. this other person on another line. And she's forgotten that I'm on the phone. And then I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I hung up and I called my sponsor. And he said, how long were you on that call? I said, 55 minutes. He said, you were on <laughs> that call uh, 54 minutes and 30 seconds too long. Yeah. All, all you yep. needed to say was, call me when you're sober. Because you can't want it more than that person. Yeah. I have um, some family members that go in and out of um, booze and drug hazes, and I'm not ex- exactly what they share, but my guess is it's both. And another family member came to me and was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take them there. And I said, you can't want this more than them. Right. Not going to work well for you. But this other person's not in recovery and didn't understand that and had where we all sometimes go which is if I just say the right thing if I just do the right thing like I'll help this person and I'll pull them out and that's just not the case no did you recommend Al-Anon to that person who wanted to save them (laughs) yeah 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 Al-Anon's a great resource for people who have uh, family members or friends or partners who are addicted to substances uh, alcohol because it teaches you that very core value of um I didn't create it. I can't cure it. What's the other thing? Didn't cause it. Didn't cause it. Can't cure it. And there's... uh, There's three C's. Yeah. I I can't remember what they are. Control it. Control it. Yeah, control it. Well, even, Julie, when you're describing it, you use the word I, 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 I. You know, it's in... You're right. It's not about us. It's about the other person coming to the table and what are they prepared and willing to do you know and that's that uh you you hear many people talk about you know i was thank god for the desperateness you know because it is a lot of times through that desperateness that we're willing to make the changes and do whatever it takes yeah i know we're so far off the topic i'm trying to remember what it was deal breakers deal breakers deal breakers well and i like that you tied it in with uh what are deal breakers uh for you and for me and for you as a sponsor to a sponsee Um, And that has happened so many times, time and time again. For me, it is, like you said, when I want it more than they do, um, when they've canceled on me, I mean, we give freely of our time, but if I keep giving freely of my time and you keep canceling and not showing up, then again, that's a sign. I want it more than you do. And therefore, like it says in the big book, I'm going to free up my time for somebody who really desperately wants it and needs it and is willing to go to any lengths to get it. And it is sobriety. Mm-hmm. For my deal breakers, um, they have changed, but not that much. Like I will never go into an LCBO. I won't pour <laughs> someone their drinks, but mm-hmm. I like to drink out of a wine glass and I like mocktails and I like to sit at a bar. Mm. I frequent a place that actually is, there is booze everywhere I look and I stay there overnight. And there is a guest room, which we call the weed room, because the smell of weed that comes out of that room, because the people that live there Mm. um, use it for like a normal person would, like for sleep and chronic pain and stuff. And I'm in that environment all the time. And it does not, doesn't bother me, doesn't occur to me. But uh, someone very close to me in recovery is like, holy shit, I I couldn't. Mm. Like, I don't know how you stay there. I don't know how you go there so much. So we all have our own deal breakers. I can date someone or be with someone that drinks, but they, alcohol can't be important to them. Yeah. They can drink like a normal person. I don't want to open my fridge and see, well, then again, that other place that I go is a lot of booze. And every time I open the fridge, it's staring me in the face. So yeah. my whole attitude in recovery is, and it talks about this in the big book, if we have to try and shield 
the people in recovery from booze, it's not going to work because it's everywhere. So at some point we're going to have to get used to it, but then we also have to know our boundaries and know our lines in the sand. Like at the grocery store now, if I can avoid it, I will not go down the aisle that has all those beautiful wine bottles lining the shelves and the fridge with the beers. If I have to go down it, that's okay. I'm not going to have a meltdown, but if I can avoid it, I do. Yeah. Just one of those little things to help you, you know, I don't know. What was that? That's my phone again. Your phone again. Sorry. <laughs> Donuts. The, the, the joke is, I'm always again. the one that tells everybody turn off their phones when we're at the meetings, and it drives me nuts. Oh my god, that's yes. great. If you're te- if you're next to me and you're texting, I will take it and I put it down. What's <laughs> sorry? Can't you see me doing that? That means I'm I'm tapping your hand and I'm making the screen go crazy. Oh, will you I shush see. people if you see them talking in a meeting? Will I shush them? Yeah, sometimes I do. If I let them go a little bit, but if they go too much, it's gonna. Shh, hello, I'm here to survive. Mm-hmm. Just a nice reminder. <laughs> I'm like a cranky old. Cranky old. Cranky. I was just gonna you say that. So sometimes, You're you know? a crusty old timer. <laughs> no, you know what? It, yes, I but the thing, you know what? It's it's I I've. I'm there. Joy is happy and free. I know it doesn't sound like it. fucking <laughs> angry to me. But, but no, I am. You know, my life is so fantastic now. And it's like I understand the importance of AA and right. what that did to that. And when I see people in there sometimes wasting that time and energy when they should be paying attention, when they should be doing what they need to do and things like that, you know, I feel sad because the statistics are it's still a deadly disease. Yep. And the statistics are one in 10, if we're lucky, you know. There is, I know... Mm very few people that came in when I did and stayed in well sorry I know a lot of people but there's a lot more nameless faces out there that I can't even remember that didn't make it and it's like you know get serious when you show up get serious if you're going to show up I was at a meeting the other day and uh and I thought you are definitely under six months sober and I could just tell by the behavior because he had a comment an out loud comment for everything that was being said up at the front of the room because there was two girls sitting just across from him. And every time he'd make a comment, he'd look at them for approval. And he was so desperately seeking attention. It was, and I thought, you know what, dude? I, you're not, I don't think you get it. This is about your life. And it's about their lives. Saving their lives. And yeah, you may not respect what you're here for, but don't impede on someone else's quality of their meeting. Yeah. So, um, any other deal breakers? Um, so, not showing up. Um... Oh, and I, another thing I do with somebody was asking me about sponsorship the other day. And I said, you know, just so you know, um, I'm not the easier, softer way (laughs) (laughs) by any means. Um, I'm not going to let you sit around and talk about your problems for 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm not your therapist. I'm not your sounding board. I will get a snapshot of what's going on, but then we're going to dive into the solution. Um, so that's not my job is to sit around and be a therapist. And then that's usually from those types of people when I get, you're not, you're not being kind. You're being mean. Well, actually, it's time for you to get another sponsor then. Actually, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get the snarkisms. Yeah. You know it's, what's funny mm-hmm. is that I want to be sponsored in a way that I don't sponsor. Oh, interesting. I want to be sponsored by someone that's hardcore. That's like, oh, that's nice, but really cry me a river. Mm. But I'm not that person. I'm getting different as I'm getting older in my recovery where I'll say that's not a good enough reason. Discomfort's not a good enough reason for you to go and, and go out again. Mm. 
but I will listen and I will validate and then I'll bring back to the solution. But I want a snapback sponsor. But you know, the interesting thing is, is I sponsor the way I was taught. Most people do. You know, and so that's interesting that you, you want to sponsor differently than what you've been taught. Maybe I'm just coming in line with what I want to, how I want to be sponsored. Like maybe yes. I'm moving away from like the gentler, softer, easy way. And the, this is about your life way. Yeah. So maybe I, I'm just coming more into line with what's true. I noticed when I was working easy. with a sponsee who was sponsoring other people um, that um, we would talk afterwards about how it was going and what was going on. And there was this constant pattern of way too much talking and listening and not enough action. Hmm. And then they would talk about how, you know, I, I can't be on the phone every night for three hours. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You're on the phone every night for three hours with one person? Why? And we and what we found, it was kind of neat work because what we found in doing some inventory on that was that what that was about was that person's character defect of a need to be liked. Hmm. And it's hard to sponsor people uh, if you want them to like you. So for me, right off the bat, I tell people, you're probably not going to like what I have to say and you don't need to like me. Sorry, you mean that there are people that you're supposed to like your sponsor? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh, I'm just joking. Truth, I'm just joking. truth from the long timer. <laughs> I just had a wonderful breakfast with my sponsor. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I adore my sponsor too and he's tough as nails on me. So, but yeah. So those are some great deal breakers. Actually, my sponsor is really soft and gentle. Really? He is. Aww. Yes, he is. But he I'm going to talk to him about but, that then. But, but you know what? He delivers the message every time that yeah. I need to hear mm -hmm. in a nice and soft and gentle way, even if I don't want to hear it. And that's the difference. You know, it's about delivering the messages. It's, you know mm -hmm. what, as a sponsor, it's freaking hard to tell you sometimes yeah it's as hard for you to hear it as it is uh, i messed yes. that up but you know what i mean but yes it's just i you know do i want to sit there and tell you what i really think's going on you know it's a lot easier to not why ruin yeah. the relationship why have you mad why have you upset yeah. things like that i do it because somebody did it for me to save my life yeah and to be honest they love me enough to yeah. be honest with me that's the line that I picked up from Luke. I, uh, I, I, I love you so much. Um, you know, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Or I care more about uh, saving your life than I do about sparing your feelings. Yeah. And that's hard for me too. Because I, I want people to like me. That's one of my biggest character defects. Mm -hmm. So that was a good uh, practice for me to learn how to tell people the difficult things. And know, and I've had it happen, where they don't want to hear it mm -hmm. and they say, fuck you. And they walk away and then they run around town telling everybody that you're a horrible, mean person. <laughs> Just so you know, Lisa, I think we've all been there one time or other and our sponsors have too. Yeah. You know? But yeah. that's because we're all freaking sick. Yes. You know, right. and we're just at different degrees of it. Well, and separating, I had to learn friends in recovery. I'm not their sponsor. So separating friendship from sponsoring from all of those other things was hard for me because I remember struggling one time going to a friend's cottage and I thought I smelled booze on his breath. And I like really struggled with it. And then I went, am I his fucking sponsor? No, stay in your own lane. And I did. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I have. I have one sponsee relationship like that. And I was just talking to somebody else and I'm like, you know, one day we might become, I've become friends with my sponsor, but it's taken years and we might develop a friendship over time, but that's not the goal objective here. My job is to help 
point out and, and your character defects and help you work through the steps. That's really my, my job is to be that sort of reflection, that mirror for you. It's not about being your best friend and telling you how great you are and all the wonderful things you want to hear. Oh. Yes, you've looked at that time a few times, so we know it's way past time. <laughs> That's a right. long one today, yeah. three minutes. It is a long one. Well, we have three people. There we so, go. You know. So it should be three times as long. <laughs> it is. <laughs> three sums are always three times as long. That's right. <laughs> Got to pay more attention to detail. All right. Well, this has been Two Sober Chicks. Thank you so much for joining us. Actually, for the last couple of days, it's been three sober chicks. So thanks to our guest, Karen. Thank you for Yay, having Karen. me. Thanks for sharing your 31 years of wisdom. And uh, we <laughs> and this is forever. It's yeah, out there yeah. forever. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us today. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Sober Chicks. Have a great 24. <laughs>